going to teach it in English and Spanish, and I'll sing a line, you sing it back, I'll sing a line, you sing it back, and then we have another song for the offertory that we want you to sing the chorus. So let's look at All of Us Are Loved, and you just follow me. I'll sing first, you join me. All of us are loved. All of us are loved. Each of us is welcome. Each of us is welcome. No one is a stranger. No one is a stranger. No one is an outcast. No one is an outcast. No one is alone. No one is alone. So those last three all go together. Let's sing those. No one is a stranger. No one is an outcast. No one is alone. No one is a stranger, no one is an outcast, no one is alone. Next part. Everything we do, everything we do, when our hearts are grateful, when our hearts are grateful, and our lives are faithful, and our lives are faithful, makes a better world, makes a better world. One that we can call everybody's home. One that we can call everybody's home. One that we can call. That's kind of a different note. One that we can call everybody's home. So those last three lines makes a better world. One that we can call everybody's home makes a better world, one that we can call everybody's home. Then in Spanish, juntos por amor, cada quien precioso, nadie es un extraño, nadie sin bocado, so those last three again go together. Let's try that. Nadie, nadie es un extraño. Nadie es un extraño. I'm sorry. Nadie es un extraño. Let me start that. Over. So the first one doesn't go all the way up. Nadie es un extraño. Nadie es un bocado. Nadie es un sin bocado. Nadie sin calor. So let's try that. So the first one. Nadie es un extraño. Here we go. Nadie es un extraño, nadie sin bocado, nadie sin calor. Cada paso fiel, con virtud y gozo, vamos construyendo. Last three from Un Mundo Mejor, Go, just run right together. Un Mundo Mejor, lleno de color, como una flor. So at the end of the meditation, you'll hear the piano accompaniment start up, and you can just grab your order of service, and we'll sing that together. Then, during the offertory, we have a song by Peter Mayer. These words are also in your order of service, Justice Choir. And we're going to sing the verses, but we'll have you join in on the chorus. Can you give me a C major chord? So I'll line this one out too. Sing out, make a better world. Sing out, make a better world. Make a sound wave like a flag unfurled. Make a sound wave like a flag unfurled. Sing out like a liberty bell. Sing out like a liberty bell. Ready and sing out, make a better world. 
Make a sound wave like a flag unfurled. Sing out like a liberty bell. Ring out the truth you tell. Sing out, make a big known. Sing like the trumpets of Jericho. Sing out at the tyrant's wall. Sing until the last brick falls. So choir will sing a verse, we'll sing that chorus, choir will sing another verse, then we're going to sing that verse, or the chorus, as many times as it takes for the ushers to fish. You're going to be, people are going to be asking you for money while you're singing that, so just be ready to do both, and then um, I'll just, if, I, if you see me do this, sing that chorus again until we, until it's time to stop. So we're going to, um, the choir's going to sing a song to get us going here. Um, this is a song called Connected by Brian Tate. So I'm going to ask you, we'll get you, you're going to snap sometimes and you're going to clap sometimes, and I'll cue you on that. All right? So you're our rhythm section. Oh! <laughs> 
light our flaming chalice to illuminate the world we seek. In search of the truth, may we be just. In search for justice, may we be loving. And in loving, may we find peace. little light of mine. If you want to look at the book, it's number 118, but I'll bet you can just jump in and sing it. Harmonize freely. <laughs> First Unitarian. I am Anna Watkins and I am pleased to include you in this service. We are so glad you're here. Whether you're in the sanctuary or the fellowship hall, families, we welcome you and your children this morning. There are lots of options for your comfort described in the order of service. Don't be shy about moving around to take advantage of them. Take a moment now to look around and see who else is here this morning. People you know and those who are new to you. I love all this waving. As the novelist Amelia Barr said, kindness is always fashionable and always welcome. We can all be fashionably kind together. Welcome. Anybody who wants to come up and see a little bit better is certainly welcome to do that. We're going to be calling up uh, Rebecca and Carl and Sheldon. Here we go. Rebecca, Rebecca, Carl, Carl, Sheldon, Sheldon. Hi guys. How are you today? You're looking a little droopy. Is everything okay? Yes, Sheldon? Oh. Sheldon says the earth is getting warmer and the animals are all doing badly and there's nothing he can do about it. Oh, I've been there. You know, that's a, it's hard being a little snail in a big world, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yes, Carl. 
Some people hate coyotes and want to kill them. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I, that, I'm sure that that worries you some, huh? Yeah. The next election is going to make that worse? Hmm. Are you sure about that? You worry about it so much you can't sleep. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, it's a hard, hard thing not to be able to sleep. Um, <clears throat> Rebecca, did you have something to say? Oh, Rebecca says that when her friends are sad, she feels sad, too. Okay, well, gosh, guys. You know, sometimes I get, I also get very sad about the state of things and all the troubles of the world. I bet some of you do too, right? Yeah. Um, but when I get that way, I try and do a few things to make myself feel better. And that, and, yeah, Sheldon? Mm. Uh, Sheldon makes the point that maybe it's not a good idea to feel better about all the bad things that are going on <laughs> in the world. And I understand that. But I also know from myself that if I don't do a few things to make myself better and just kind of be despairing all the time, I don't get around to doing all the things I can do to make the world better. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's my problem. Did you, what, yeah? Oh, Sheldon says I can't fix the world either. <laughs> Which is true. I can't fix the world. Even we all together can't fix the world. We need everybody to, to, um, to help fix the world and we'll then all live with whatever doesn't get fixed and figure out how to make a good life out of it, right? But when I'm doing what I can, what I notice is that I feel better. And also, when I'm doing what I can, I notice other people doing what they can and that also makes me feel better. And, um, and also, when I'm working with people that are doing things that I think are very important and good, sometimes I can check out some of the things that I've heard that maybe I don't have to worry about quite as much as sometimes we all worry about things we shouldn't worry about, right? That aren't really probably going to happen. You don't, Carl? You never, do, you never do that? No? Why not? Oh, you're God and you know everything. Okay, you know, <clears throat> the last time we talked, you thought you were, had become an atheist. Huh? And generally speaking, atheists don't believe in a God who knows everything. What, 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 oh. He says sometimes he has so much fun being God, he doesn't want to be an atheist anymore. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, uh, well, uh, when the time comes that you want to be an atheist again, then uh, you might want to do a little research on this coyote killing thing because in the election. Or maybe even your friends might have some thoughts on the subject. M maybe you wouldn't worry so much that way. Okay. All right. So what little things can you guys do to make the world a better place? Go out and play. I like that. I do like that idea because when we get outside and play in this beautiful world, we remember that it's worth saving and we come back and work harder about it. Right? And Carl, I see that Carl is going Carl's going to vote. Good for you, Carl. Carl's not going to vote? Oh, Carl wants you to vote. Okay, well, I, I think you have a... Uh, yeah. You got them there, right? They're going to vote, right? You all going to vote? You guys going to vote? Yes, okay. All right. And, and I imagine that they would never vote for anybody who would advocate killing all coyotes. Oh, okay. So maybe you'll sleep better now. Okay, good. Um, and uh, what about you, Sheldon? Hmm. Hmm. You know, Sheldon, we, we just sang a little song about the light in our hearts, the little light that shines in our hearts. And even though there's a lot of bad things happening, and even though 
you or me or even all of us, we can't make it better. We can make it better, but we can't make it okay. I still want to see that light in your heart shine. Yeah, Carl does too. Um, and I know that you go out in the church grounds and pick up trash in your snail-like way, don't you? You do that? And I know that that's a little drop in the bucket, but if you put a drop in the bucket, they all put up a drop in the bucket, everybody here puts a drop in the bucket, then it gets to be a pretty big bucket, right? That, then it becomes something big. So I hope you will keep doing that, and I hope you will feel a little bit better. And if you don't, will you talk to Angela about it? Yeah, okay, good. good. Well, it's been great to see you guys. You gave me a lot of good ideas for the sermon. Thank you. And I understand that we're going to see you on Easter. Okay, good. All right, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Our time of meditation will be singing together the song you just heard and maybe practiced if you're here earlier. The, or, the words are in your order of service. So let's take a deep breath together, or two or three. Get comfortable and centered in our bodies and relax. This is a time to rest in this sacred space and in this caring community. You're here. The burdens you brought with you, you can just kind of imagine putting them down. The boxes and the bags and the dumbbells. I don't know why you brought dumbbells to church, but I know some of you did. You can just let it rest. Tell your monkey mind that you're tuning out for just two minutes. And then just breathe. And let the world and the little sounds and your thoughts, silly or serious, just let them go. Two minutes of well-deserved rest.
And now we pick up some of the weighty matters that we brought that we brought with us here this morning. The people we care about, the concerns of the world. And these we hold tenderly, bring images to our mind's eye and a few words to our lips. As I ring this chime, I invite you to share aloud those people and situations that are in your hearts and let us share all that love and care with you. To these names and places I add from the church's pastoral list, Laura Bartolucci and her husband, Mark. Mark is scheduled tomorrow for open-heart surgery. We pray for good outcomes and easy healing for Mark, ease of heart for Laura as she cares for him through these next weeks. We remember Eden Sorensen and her family, who is grieving the death of her husband, Eric. We remember Mary Michelson, whose brother has died. Mary and her brother attended First Unitarian in the 1960s and 70s, and their parents, now deceased, were members for many years after that. We remember the unhoused in our community in this cold season. We open our hearts to all of our neighbors who use our campus and our programs for tutoring, for ESL, for citizenship classes, for worship, for food, for psychological care. Further away, our hearts go out to all the innocents caught in war, in Gaza, in Ukraine, elsewhere. I lift all these and all the things that we hold in our hearts to the great powers of healing and renewal in the universe, which we call by many names. Peace be with you all. interlude today is a very special song that I first heard five or six years ago, performed by the composer Linda Myers, who is here. Where'd you go, Linda? I saw you. Wave at us, Linda. And um, she was singing it solo, and I was sitting back there thinking, boy, this would make a great choir song. And so I asked her permission to arrange it for choir, and we, have, we did it once a while back, and we're doing it again today, Connections of Love. This song was used in a video in 2008 when the UUA designated this congregation as a breakthrough congregation, and they were honored at General Assembly with a wonderful video with interviews with Christine and the intern and several members of the congregation, and Linda's music played in the background of that video. And so we bring you today Connections of Love.
So the media teaches us a lot about thriving. It teaches us that thriving means being young and healthy and fit and beautiful and accomplished, financially secure and smiling with straight white teeth. We're bombarded with images and stories about this kind of thriving. And it's sometimes hard to have any other picture in our minds about thriving, but those pictures are misleading and incomplete. Thriving is a big umbrella. Some poor people thrive, and plenty of rich people don't. Some kids with adverse childhood experiences thrive anyway. It's possible to thrive without a college education. It's possible to thrive while incarcerated, though we make it a lot harder than it should be. It's possible to thrive with poor health, with disabilities, or even while terminally ill. I learned about the big picture, the big umbrella of thriving from my friend Peg. Peg and I shared a music stand for four years as oboe majors in college. The last stand, as we were the lowest performing oboists in the program. We became friends and stayed friends through the many phases of our lives until her death three years ago. Now, my low performance in college had to do with insufficient musical talent and other interests. Hers had to do with major physical disabilities, disabilities which became progressively more challenging through her life. When she graduated from college, she graduated to an electric wheelchair. When she left her parents' home for a graduate program, she hired her first full-time caregiver. At 40, she became dependent on a ventilator. Nonetheless, she absolutely thrived. In 2005, during a time of great public interest in issues of artificial life support and pulling the plug, 
And after reading one too many letters to the editor about what the writers thought made life worth living, or not, Peg wrote an op-ed piece for the Houston Chronicle. Here it is. As I type these words, a ventilator gently pushes air into my lungs. I sit comfortably in my motorized wheelchair while a move removable sling suspends my arm over the keyboard. And a woman I hired sits in another room of my house ironing and ready to respond should I call for assistance. I am taking a break from the articles I am writing on the results of my research, all while in blissful appreciation of the house I have remodeled to meet all of my accessibility and aesthetic needs. The computer that opens my doorway to the universe. The people who do for me what my own body cannot and the children and loved ones who fill my life with energy direct from God. I simply cannot imagine how anyone could label this lifestyle as not worth living. Let us agree once and for all that life is not defined by physical functioning. Money is the real artificial life support. If you have it, you can have access to medical science and the personal assistance you need to compensate for any physical impairment. It is our mental functioning that enables us to accommodate the ever-changing physical and social context in which we live. It is our minds that enable us to receive and give love and joy. But even with extensive impairments of mental functioning, love and joy can still be experienced. It is when all ability to love and relate to others is gone that the value of living comes into question. In my own advanced directive, I have specified that I want all possible interventions that would sustain my physical existence. And when I no longer have the capacity to communicate by any means or respond in any way to those around me, then and only then do I want the artificial life support that has sustained me for the past 15 years to be turned off. To all those into whose hands my life may someday fall, know this, I want to live. Peg's disabilities and physical limitations were the result of being born with a condition called congenital spinal muscular atrophy. It's a condition that's now curable. You can Google how to thrive, and you can get thousands of links to articles and blogs and YouTubes that will tell you to eat well and sleep enough and get your exercise Cultivate relationships, nurture your self-esteem, keep good boundaries, you know all this, right? You know all this. Even go to church, which many studies show have considerable statistical correlation to thriving, probably because of the combined advantages of the focus of religious communities on hope and meaning, and on the way they gather and nurture community and build the common good. 
And all that stuff from Google is pretty good advice, especially the go to church part. <laughs> but it's also, also kind of focused on that image of that individual thriver, that beautiful, competent, healthy, successful person who mostly did it all by themselves, and that's a myth. None of us did it all by ourselves. And it needs to be said that the greatest deterrents to more people thriving more are social in nature and by no means evenly distributed across the population. Grinding poverty and war and street drugs and the lack of enough affordable housing, racism and sexism and the other kinds of prejudices that cultivate, that contribute to a lack of thriving and are extra burdens on those already struggling. And childhood abuse and trauma, which leave scars so deep they affect our very genetic code. Not to mention sheer bad luck and living in troubled times. You could go on and on, but you know all this. Some people have an easier route to thriving than others, and that's not fair. So if you're feeling you're thriving today, congratulations, and know you have so much to be grateful for. And if you're not feeling like you're thriving today, please don't add self-blame to your burdens. Just do what you need to do, one step at a time. And if you think you might have tipped over into depression, please reach out for some help. One of the most important things we need to thrive is a little too woo-woo for much of Google, and that is we need to nurture our hope. Without hope, we have to choose in these days between despair and a sort of fake thriving best characterized as eat, drink, and be merry in cheerful oblivion to all the problems of the world. And that might be cheerful, but it's not really thriving because it's not faithful to our values. And since nothing we can do to can solve the world problem, world's problems or even seem to everyone like the right way to start solving the world's problems, we have to do what we can and live by hope. We sometimes think that hope is a gift of temperament. A careless belief that just comes naturally, that anything, uh, everything will just work out over time. But hope is more complicated than that. Hope is not that things will work out, that is, by themselves, without any intervention. Imagining that this global warming business is something of a coincidental blip of nature that will soon go back to normal and we can all just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away is not hope. That's cockeyed optimism, and that's something else. Actually, it's a form of denial. Hope is that things can change. Change if we change. Change if our institutions change. Change if we pay for it and learn about it and focus on it and work for it. Hope about climate change, say is some combination of hope that human ingenuity and nations and institutions deciding to be a part of the solution rather than part of the problem and individuals buckling down to find ways to live satisfying lives in new conditions and a whole bunch of other things that we don't even know about yet, good and bad, that that will bring us to a new place where human thriving is possible, maybe very different from now. Maybe better than now. Maybe not. But you know, humans are actually pretty good at thriving. Done so for thousands of years through changes that have not always been for the better. We humans thrive in so many situations that it seems like maybe we're built that way. The choir is going to sing us a song about this kind of hope and about some of the mental disciplines that it takes to keep hope lingering in our lives no matter what.
that kind of hope about the troubles of the world, that work. It's a virtue, actually, hope is, in the thinking of many faiths, including Christianity, where it's a trio with faith and love as the things that we should all be working to embody in our lives and our work. I'm having terrible trouble with my pages today. Wait a minute. Let me get the right page. Okay. I've forgotten everything. <laughs> so, hope is a virtue. And you don't just think you live a virtuous life automatically, do you? You work at it. You discipline yourself to obey the laws, to be kind to those around you, to share, to help. You find being good, and being good is easier for some people than others. But almost everybody works at it as a part of their lives. And hope is the same way. Some people find it easier than others to be hopeful, but we all need to find ways to be hopeful. And how do you do it? You challenge your cynicism, you get going with the things that need to be done, you remember that you don't know everything. Nope, not even you know everything. You hone your skills of living lightly, and not scapegoating others, and mastering your fears, and keeping an open place in your heart for that good outcome that you can't even quite imagine. That's a life of hope. We live through uncertain times and negative trends with hope, and because we hope, we do our bit to live into the world that we hope for. And that's not denial. We're not blocking out or denying our fears. Those are versions of living a lie, and that's fake thriving at best. Whatever thriving we do has to be right alongside of the troubles of the world. And with a clear understanding that we do have problems and that we contribute to some of them, whether we want to or not, just by living in this society, and that there's nothing we can do by ourselves or even with our friends to help to, to solve those problems completely, and that the things we do to help are drops in the bucket, or mostly symbolic in their effect. Okay, bring on the drops, wave the symbols, use our resources to live in the new world. 
I tutor a kid and I contribute to the food bank and I'm experimenting with shampoo bars this week. Works pretty well, actually. So one less plastic bottle, toting mostly water all over the planet. It's a drop in the bucket, I know, but I do it and that gives me hope, perhaps, that that bucket will someday fill and tip into a dawning world. It often has. People can bring out astounding changes. The end of slavery, a particularly evil economic system, and we know how terribly tenacious economic systems are. How women have moved closer, most everywhere, to enjoying the freedoms that men take for granted after thousands of years of oppression. In our time, how the gay rights movement came out of the darkest days of the AIDS crisis. There are plenty of reasons to hope that as a species, we will continue to thrive. Fact that we don't know quite how we're gonna do that is one of those things that we don't know yet. But to be hopeless is to lose sight of the power of goodness and the impulse to survive and grow, which is a part of every cell of our bodies. It's to hang on to the conceit that we know everything. It's also to have a relatively small version of the word thrive. To have hope is to have the emotional discipline to keep a place in our heart for that seemingly impossible good outcome and for the ways that human beings can make good and worthy lives out of very little beyond enough to eat and each other. If you want to thrive in this troubled world with a clear-eyed understanding of all of it, you need hope. If you want to thrive in the world in which we're all connected with integrity, you will also be doing what you can to help. And I know you already do. You do your good work, you volunteer your time, you look after your neighbors and your friends and your family, you support good causes, you vote, I know your passions, you recycle your paper and smile at grocery checkers and learn about racism, all those things. You do what you can. Maybe you could do more. Since you are doing a part, being a part of the solution feeds your hope. Maybe doing more would not only bring more goodness into the world, but also make your life better. Or maybe it would just be overwhelming. Only you know. So eat your vegetables, get your exercise, tend your people, come to church, do your bit. We live in troubled times, but you know what? We always live in troubled times. And we thrive anyway. In the words of Mother Teresa, we know only too well that what we are doing is nothing more than a drop in the ocean. But if the drop were not there, the ocean would be missing something. Your time, talent, and financial gifts are all appreciated. Our offering ritual gives us a special opportunity to show gratitude for our church its inspiration and service to us as individuals and for nurturing a beloved community. To carry out our work, we also pair with organizations whose mission resonates with our own. Our Change for the Future partner this month through February is Casa Q, a caring organization that provides safe living for LGBTQ youth and their allies through housing, services, and advocacy. You may mark a pew envelope CFF or place coins in the basket to benefit Casa Q. We will now gratefully accept the offering. If you want to shout, let it right so wrong. You can sing about it in a righteous song. 
If you want a way to raise your voice up higher, you can be a singer in the Justice Choir. If you are a citizen, heavy of heart, you can take a tenor or an alto part. You can be a flame in a great big fire. You can be a singer in the Justice Choir. Sing out, make a better world. Make a sound wave like a flag on the Sing out like a liberty bell. Bring out the truth you tell. Sing out, make it be known. Sing like the trumpets of Jericho. Sing out with the tyrants fall. Sing till the last break falls. Sing about courage in the face of fear. Sing about life when the darkness nears. Sing about truth to the shameless liar. Sing about freedom in the justice choir. Sing about the weak in the halls of power. Sing about the earth in a desperate hour. Sing about the poor and the rich conspire. Sing about love in the justice choir. Sing out, make a better world. Make a sound wave like a flag unfurled. Sing out like a liberty bell. Ring out the truth you tell. Sing out, make it be known. Sing like the trumpets of Jericho. Sing out at the tyrant's wall. Sing until the last place falls. Sing out, make a better world. Make a sound wave like a flag unfurled. Sing out like a liberty bell. Sing out the truth you tell. Sing out, make it be known. Sing like the trumpets of Jericho. Sing out like the tyrants wall. Sing until the last great falls. If you want to shout, want to right some wrong, you can sing about it in a righteous song. And if you want to raise your voice up higher, you can be a singer in the Justice Choir. You and I are too close. <laughs> Thank you for all the gifts represented here in these nice heavy bags. <laughs> uh, thank you on behalf of the church and on behalf of Casa Q, our um, Change for the Future recipient. Appreciate it. And I invite you to stand and greet each other with our peace greeting, one hand over your heart, one extended to all those around you. See all the faces. All the faces. Nice. All right. And I think I did that out of order. You can sit down if you want during, during our um, <laughs> invitations here. Invitation number one. We do have to stand far apart. Uh, visit the Rainbow Artists' work at uh, art show in the social hall. There are paintings, photographs, and jewelry on display, and smaller pieces for sale at coffee hour. Meet the uh, artists. Number two. Yes, yeah, stop, stop by the table in the social hall after the service to sign up for our first big event of the, our 75th anniversary celebration on Saturday, March the 16th. You can volunteer to bring food, drink, and desserts, assist with decorating, setup, and cleanup. And the young adults are out in the South Garden on the south end of the playground. You get to it through the South parking lot there. Uh, the first big event um, of their year. They are preparing compost bins to start. They'll be there at 1.30 this afternoon. Everybody is welcome. You don't have to be a young adult. So go to the back gate by the dirt parking lot, meet there, meet some new people, meet some of our young adults who are doing something to make a better world. Uh, might you turn into a young adult if you go there? Um, you'd have to ask Carl about that. Oh. <laughs> Next Sunday, our LGBTQ plus congregants and their families are invited to join the rebooted Lavender family for a potluck in Memorial Hall after the 11 a.m. service. Click the QR code in your order of service to sign up and RSVP. All right. 
No, just one. <laughs> we uh, have a discussion question for those of you who want to continue thinking about hope or talking about it in your lives, and that question is, what nurtures your hope and what drops do you put in the bucket of a better future? Those are your two questions for today. Our closing hymn this morning is number 128. You can stand again in the gray hymnal. Let's sing together. with us as our, we go our ways, hope for our world and all of its people, hope for a future of plenty, justice, and peace, hope that our work will bear fruit in a better world. Go in peace. Amen.